Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Time to jump in, buckle up, and take a ride with me around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we head down to the Coastal Bend, where harvest is just about wrapped up for the 2021 growing season. We'll check in with one farmer down there who says, yeah, they got a lot of rain, but it was a double-edged sword. Some crops did good, some not so good. We'll get an update to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. A late season dry spell in the Texas High Plains was not good for area corn. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Employee and transportation challenges facing food processors. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. U.S. agriculture is telling the Biden administration that current federal tax provisions that support family farmers and ranchers must continue. It can't afford any changes. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. 2021 is shaping up to be a year of mixed results for farmers in the coastal bend. Scott Frazier farms in Chapman Ranch near Corpus Christi. He says the heavy rainfall this summer caused some crops to do better, while others did worse. I think most producers in my neighborhood, their their grain crop was probably a little above average. And our cotton crop's probably going to be kind of average. It's kind of funny that because of water standing and too much rain and this, that, and other, some of the fields that normally do really good did really poor. But then some of the fields that I guess it normally doesn't rain enough to do very well, got enough rain, they finally did pretty good. So uh, myself, I grew, you know, some of the worst cotton I ever had, and I grew some of the best cotton I've ever had. It just kind of depends where you look. So overall, I think it's going to be fairly average for cotton. Grain sort is probably a little above average. And certainly the price for grain sort, especially, and then somewhat for cotton too, you know, sure helping that financial standpoint. Frazier says conditions are getting very dry in his area following those massive rains this summer. Hurricane Ida did more than a half billion dollars worth of damage to Louisiana agriculture. The LSU Ag Center says the Category 4 hurricane's total damage to Louisiana's agriculture industry is at least $584 million. Economist Kurt Guidry says about half that damage is to the timber industry, which is the top-grossing ag commodity in Louisiana. Over 168,000 acres of timberland were affected by the hurricane's winds, 
which caused an estimated $300 million in damage. Other commodities like sugarcane, horticulture, and livestock were also affected by Ida. Sugarcane took a $35 million hit, while horticulture saw approximately $9.5 million in damages. Corn harvest is well underway on the Texas High Plains, and while early summer rains helped the crop, James Hunt says the late-season dry spell has taken a toll. Based on weather forecast, it looks like we're in for some rainy days for much of the Texas High Plains, and that's good news because even though we had some nice rains earlier in the season, we've been pretty dry here in recent weeks. In terms of how that's affected corn, Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell says we're seeing varying results around the region. It really depends on how much moisture was in the profile, producers' irrigation capacity, how much rain they received over the season. I have visited with producers who have said they have already seen higher corn yields than they anticipated, but I have also visited with producers who have lower well capacities and have commented that their corn has dried down much more quickly than they anticipated. And with the recent warm, dry weather and a lack of soil moisture and low irrigation capacity, they just did not have enough water to really carry that crop through. For those cornfields that suffered, test weights are likely to be down. Now, as for another of our major summer crops, Harvest for sorghum is about two weeks away, but Dr. Bell is very encouraged. I am seeing some of the prettiest grain sorghum in the high plains that I have seen in years. And so producers are really excited about sorghum production. They are really doing a good job considering management options to ensure higher sorghum yields. Tomorrow, we'll talk about cotton, including some advice Dr. Bell has for area farmers. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas food processors have faced many challenges in the last 18 months thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today is Dr. Al Wagner, Executive Director of the Texas Food Processors Association. As food processors, uh, what type of adjustments and changes have they had to make during this coronavirus uh, period and uh, moving forward? They had to, uh, in some cases, shut down. I know the, the adjustment with their employees has been a major issue. And then I know some plants that uh, one person came down with COVID, that they had to shut down the whole line and re-sanitize, redo everything before they would be able to start back up. And then I know a lot of them have lost employees and they haven't been able to replace the employees, but that's getting better now. What type of transportation issues do the food processors face at this time? The regulations, liabilities that go into uh, transportation. And most of the processors, they'll hire a uh, firm uh, that has trucks and then some of them have their own trucks. That raises even more issues and liability and the regulations that uh, the drivers have to go through and, and meet very much of importance to our industry. Now, one of the objectives of your association is to strive to produce products of top quality, assuring customer satisfaction, certainly key. Oh, absolutely. Food quality is, is important. These firms have got auditing teams 
quality control, and that's all they do is run tests on a daily basis, on a per-batch basis, to make sure that safety parameters are being met for their products. That is the executive director of the Texas Food Processors Association, Dr. Al Wagner. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. U.S. agriculture is telling the Biden administration that current federal tax provisions that support family farmers and ranchers must continue. Gary Joyner has the details. A national opinion column by the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture is usually a good thing for America's farmers and ranchers. Not this time. Secretary Tom Vilsack completely missed the mark in his op-ed in the Wall Street Journal on September 8th. Vilsack claims changes to the capital gains tax sought by the Biden administration to pay for spending priorities will not hurt family farmers and ranchers. U.S. agriculture strongly disagrees. Farmers already have an exemption with the current stepped-up basis. This proposal takes away that exemption and replaces it with promises of a tax deferral. A tax deferral is still a significant liability hanging over the business. A tax deferral will make getting operating loans more difficult, which makes maintaining and growing the business extremely challenging. Eliminating stepped-up bases would lead to more consolidation of farms. Small, family-owned farms could be forced out of business because of the tax liability. This isn't a partisan issue. The tax package supported by the House Democrats rejects the changes promoted by Vilsack and protects stepped-up bases. It's also an issue that reaches far beyond agriculture. Any family that has worked to build a business will be affected. Agriculture is also guarding against other tax changes, such as decreasing the death tax exemption rate, raising capital gains, and prohibiting the use of like-kind exchanges and Section 199A business income deduction. If some people are abusing the tax code, they should be dealt with. But we should not punish the millions of hardworking Americans who have used tax provisions as they were intended in hopes of passing their business to the next generation. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Archery-only fall turkey hunting season starts in just a few days. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have a turkey season forecast coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a recent podcast out of Kansas stated that rabies and blackleg are rare diseases in cattle. But Dr. Bob Judd says that may not be the case here in Texas. He'll have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We've seen an uptick in rabies cases in cattle here in Texas this year, and blackleg has always been a problem. But a recent podcast out of Kansas stated that rabies and blackleg are rare diseases in cattle. Well, Dr. Bob Judd says that may be the case up in Kansas, but not here in Texas. 
Location makes a big difference in disease risk. Rabies may be a rare disease in Kansas, and I would say uncommon in Texas rather than rare. We do see rabies in cattle, and although not common in Texas, it is an important disease that every cattleman should consider before examining a cow's mouth for a foreign body. Rabies causes cattle to salivate more than normal and make an unusual sound which could resemble sounds of a stick in the back of the mouth or other object. Lots of ranchers get exposed to rabies exploring the rabid cow's mouth, so never stick your hand in a cow's mouth without considering rabies. The vets at Kansas State also classified blackleg as a rare disease, and it is far from rare in Texas. In fact, blackleg is extremely common, at least in central Texas, and it is so common that if you do not vaccinate a group of calves against the disease, it is highly likely at least one will die of blackleg. Blackleg is a clostridial disease that cattle contract from the soil, and when the soil gets disrupted, like with flooding, it is more likely to see cases. The organism that causes blackleg is similar to the organism that causes tetanus. The first symptom usually noted is lameness, with rapid progression of the disease to death in 24 to 48 hours. Calves experiencing bruising of the muscle, which can occur just going through the squeeze chute, are at an increased risk of blackleg as a bruise sets up an environment with less oxygen to the tissue and the blackleg bacteria grows rapidly in a low oxygen environment. However, many calves are simply found dead due to the rapid progression of the disease. So if you're in Texas, always vaccinate your calves for blackleg. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Archery only fall turkey season is just around the corner. Jessica Domel has a turkey forecast in today's wildlife report. The fall turkey hunting season is just a few weeks away, and it looks like it'll be a good one. Jason Harden, Wild Turkey Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more. If you had birds last year on the areas that you're hunting, you'll have them again this year. We had a pretty decent hatch, so should be some juvenile birds running around out there. We've had a pretty decent hatch the last few years. So across most of the state, where we do have a four-bird annual bag limit and a fall season, we should have the similar opportunities to what you've had in the past. There may be a bit of a decline in wild turkey numbers near the Texas-Oklahoma border in the Panhandle, but Hardin says it's not due to winter storm Yuri. Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation recently reduced their season bag limits across the state and reduced their season length. We've seen similar population declines, or at least what appears to be declines, along that Oklahoma line. So those counties in the Panhandle from Collingsworth south to Cottle County, Hardeman County, those numbers just didn't rebound after the 2011 drought like they did across most of the rest of the state. Some of our local landowners thought maybe it's a disease and parasites issue. Texas Parks and Wildlife staff trapped about 120 wild turkeys, sent samples to the Texas Veterinary Medical Diagnostic Lab in Gonzales, ran testing, and nothing really jumped out at us as being a problem. We did have a couple of birds that had been exposed to avian influenza, but they all were healthy at the time, so we assumed low path. We saw some pretty common parasites that you would see, but not at numbers that would cause any alarm. That is Jason Harden with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. We'll have more with him on the decline in wild turkey numbers in the Texas Panhandle and on turkey hunting season on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a mixed rate in the cattle market on Tuesday, but the real excitement came in the cotton market. It's been 10 years, but dollar cotton is finally back. 
We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As harvest begins, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to be diligent in taking the proper precautions to ensure treated seed does not enter the domestic or export grain supply. When properly handled, seed treatments are an effective agronomic tool that provides seeds the necessary protection for a strong, healthy start. Completely remove all treated seed left in containers and equipment used to handle harvested grain and dispose of it properly. Always be careful to follow state and federal guidelines for proper handling, storage, and disposal of treated seed. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a mixed close in the cattle complex on Tuesday with live cattle moving lower, feeder cattle moved higher. We closed with October live cattle down 40 cents, 122 even. The December down 30, 127.50. February live cattle down 7, 132.32. September feeder cattle up 15, 154.40. October feeders up $1.35, 156.12. The November up $1.47. 157.05. Cash fed cattle trade all quiet on Tuesday. No bids reported from the Packers. Feedlots asking 125 here in the South. Boxed beef prices mixed on Tuesday. Choice down 33 cents, 302.37. Select up $1.63 at 276.01. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Here's your glass of iced tea. And the report is from Ken Jordan, Jordan Cattle Auction. He had a special sale on Saturday. Ken, how'd that thing go? Larry, we ended up right at 2,000 head of cattle. Uh, we had buyers uh, from Colorado, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Louisiana, and pretty well all across Texas, uh, including also about 600, I think, 30 on the Internet. I thought of all the better flesher young pairs that were three-in-ones or those pairs that had early fall calves on them, like kind of born at the end of August, 1st, September. Uh, I thought those were in very good demand. Uh, they sold from pretty well 1,500 up to 2,800. Now, solid-mouth pairs and some of the younger pairs that may be carrying a little less flesh, not uh, – been on quite a good condition, whatever, and maybe had a little less eye appeal. They kind of brought depending on what they were from a thousand fourteen seventy five. Young fleshy bred cows. Once we got into those, they were in very very good demand. They went mostly from fifteen hundred up to twenty four hundred. Except we had one set of great bramber cows that sold for twenty eight and a half. I thought the solid mouth and some of the younger bred cows that were carrying less flesh, and some of the real sharp bred cows, one two and three months bred, they ranged from seven seventy five up to fourteen seventy five. Getting their heifer deal, the bigger larger frame and fleshier bred heifers that were meeting middle bread to long bread so mostly in range from 1375 up to 2050 except we had a tiger stripe and some brimmers that brought from 2400 up to 2600 i thought the open heifers that were in really good flesh and had some size in them they ranged mostly from 800 up to 1275 except we did have a group of brimmers that brought 1550 and a set of tiger stripes that brought 1700 so overall pretty good market larry on uh, most all the classes that were in really good shape and good flesh and that had youth to them uh, and uh, good activity throughout the day tell everybody how to get a hold of you ken you bet, Larry. They can give us a call. Larry, go 325-372-5159. Also, for the information, go to our website, too, at jordancattle.com, Larry. Neighbor, we've been with Ken Jordan from Jordan Cattle Auction right here at the kitchen table on Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs continue to climb higher. October hogs up $1.42 to finish at 91.67. The December up 202. 
at 83.57. Class 3 milk was mixed. September milk down a penny, 16.53, 100 weight. October milk up 15 at 17.66. We hit 10-year highs in the cotton market on Tuesday. We haven't seen a dollar in over a decade. Well, we've seen it now. Several factors pushing cotton prices over a dollar on Tuesday. Strong buying from the Chinese. Also, strong technical buying, so the charts are looking good, as well as concerns over the lateness of the U.S. crop. They all combined to push our prices up. We finished with October cotton up 200 points, 100.91 cents. December cotton up 198 points. It closed at 100.03 cents. March cotton up 188 at 98.70. December 22 cotton up 104 points, 85.50 cents a pound. Corn and wheat both under pressure, closing lower. December corn dropped 7 cents, 532 and a half. March corn down six and a half at 540 and a half. Rain here in the forecast in Texas, as well as other areas of the plains, putting pressure on the wheat market. As we're getting the wheat crop in the ground right now, we close with July Kansas City wheat down 14 cents, 705 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down 14 and three quarters, 703 and three quarters. November rough rice down six and a half, 1393 a hundredweight. November soy beans down 10 and a half at 12.77 a bushel. October soybean meal unchanged 337.30 a ton. In the energy markets, natural gas continues to climb higher. October up 17 cents at 587. November crude oil down 1675.29 a barrel. The financial markets on Tuesday were sharply lower. As of our recording time, the Dow down 504 points at 34,370. The NASDAQ down 369, 14,600. The S&P down 79 points at 4,363. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.